Workday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined as I always am by JP Ong, our finance presenter producer. Uh, today, the markets don't look as good as they did on Monday, unless, of course, JP has information I don't. <laughs> it looks like a pretty mixed bag across the region. That is true. And you know what it is really also? Have you ever been on such a uh, such a role in life? Either you're playing a really good uh, couple of last few days of golf or you're just really making good traffic decisions. You're on a roll at work. And then sometimes you catch yourself going, wow, I'm doing really well. And you're sort of spooked and you're sort of just a bit hesitant when you do that. That's kind of what the markets are right now because we were, we were off to a rather good start to the week. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, three days of rather excellent gains. And I think right now the markets are just taking stock of themselves going, wait, we did that. We breached 3,300. Right. And it seems that that's what's happening right now with the Straits Times Index. And they're swinging between gains and losses. It spent most of the morning in the red. And as we speak, they're now up by about half a point. But a bit of that soul searching right now, perhaps investors ask themselves, is this the time to take profit? Is this the time to continue the role? Is there any juice left? Or is there any gas left in the tank? And it's a fair question because the last three days have been so good that it it does beg, a, it does, it, it's not unusual for people to take a pause and say, hey, how much farther can we take this rally? It seems that the rest of Asia might be also asking that same question. But when you look on the SGX, and we'll just stay on local markets for, for now, you're seeing that uh, at least the banks are doing okay. DBS, which jumped by about 2.5% at the close yesterday, still in the green, although only up by about 0.3%. You're also seeing the likes of UOB and OCBC Bank also doing well. So when the big three banks usually uh, gain, it usually at least buffers or buttresses the Straits Times Index from falling any further. But then you're seeing some profit-taking happening right now. Thai Beverage, which was is and might what was the best performing stock year to date on the Straits Times Index, continues to uh, see a little bit of profit-taking uh, t- in the second quarter. It's been a rough start to April for them. They're down by about 2.4% at the moment at about $0.82. Cents. And you're seeing the likes also of a Capital Land down by about 0.3%. High P, one of the major manufacturers uh, on the SGX, also seeing a loss of about 2.3%. And there are a few things that are making Singaporean investors perhaps take stop. One is the PMI data that came out last night, which showed that, yes, Singaporean manufacturing did expand in the month of March, but then their electro- the electronic electronic sector um, showed signs of contraction again for the fi- for the fifth straight month actually coming in at 49.8 and perhaps that's also why some of these manufacturing stocks on the SGX are looking rather hesitant. Uh, although Venture Corp, I, I must say, um, in fairness to them, they are up by about half a percent. But so far, there is just a little bit of uh, just hesitancy you're seeing on the SGX. But you can't. Uh, it's 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 natural. It's normal for people to sort of take a pause after three straight days of gains and really just take stock of what's happened. But the big question, of course, now is: Will the, the SGX be able to hold on to this breach of three thousand three hundred because they have cleared three thirty two hundred? 3270 quite handily over the last couple of days. And now the question is, can you stay at th- above 3,300? And at the moment, they're at 3,312. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's looking decent for them at least. But again, things can happen in the blink of an eye and change things. You know? Well, I remember on Monday when we had this conversation, you said you were going to go out on a limb and say that it was possible that we hit uh, 3,270. 
Yes. Now we did that and we went beyond that. And now, now we're looking at can we hold 3-3? Yeah, and I think there is a possibility that we can uh, at least hold on to 3-3 or just come within a give or take five, 10 points of that. Because the, it, you know, breaching 3-270, which was a, quite a significant resistance for the Straits Times Index, it was something that was really bothering markets for, for the better part of about nine months. But, we, but you know, when you clear that by 30 points in, in over, over the course of two trading days or mm-hmm. three trading days, um, I would call that a very significant breach. And remember, there was about 1.4 billion Singapore dollars in turnover. That's significantly higher than we've seen in recent uh, sessions also supporting that. So when you have a combination of good value turnover and also a clear breach of some of these resistance levels, you know, I'm... Again, it's not foolproof, but at the same time, uh, the odds that the SGX can maintain this at least for the next couple of weeks is looking rather positive. But uh, and uh, and judging by it right now, you're seeing today about six hundred seventy-one and a half million Singapore dollars in a value turnover so far, and that's just for the morning session, Clarissa. And it's supporting more advancers than decliners today. You've got one hundred sixty-nine stocks in the green team, mm-hmm. and about one hundred thirty-one stocks that are losing ground. The likes of Thai Beverage, as we mentioned, Hypey mm-hmm. in the in the red, but the bank so far among the advancers. And when the banks do well, generally the Straits Times Index also gets a bit of a boost as we've seen so far today. Okay. Now, one of the interesting movements on the market today in early trading was the heavy sell-off of Genting, Singapore. It's, uh, it, yes, and uh, it's, it's not, it seems that the house has lost today for <laughs> Genting, Singapore. Oh, the house lost big. <clears throat> they, they lost big today, and it's down. And mind you also that Genting, Singapore is also the most heavily traded stock on the Straits Times Index. Usually, I'd say eight times out of ten, DBS takes that title. Mm-hmm. But DBS is only the third most uh, tra- heavily traded stock. And I'll give you guys uh, uh, some context or some numbers so you can get some context on this. DBS right now, the value turnover for DBS right now is about 45.5 million Singapore dollars. Genting Singapore, there's about a hun- almost 140 million Singapore dollars in turnover. And all of this turnover really supporting the sell-off in Genting Singapore. One of the big reasons also is because there has been a decision by the government to uh, enact a 50% increase in casino entry levies. Now, to get into a casino in Singapore, especially if you're a local, uh, if you're a permanent cis- resident or a single or a citizen, you do have to pay an entry fee or an entry levy. It's meant to sort of cap and make sure that locals and permanent residents don't indulge or don't get too carried away. Don't overindulge. Don't overindulge, especially. <laughs> and, by, and mind you, also casinos. Th- this isn't. It's not unique to Singapore. Casinos in Manila also have these have these entry levies. But the but now they're going to be raising it by about fifty percent. And uh, and while these these uh, these uh, tiered casino t- sta- these changes to the uh, entry levies and also changes to the tax structure uh, governing casinos will only take effect uh, in March two thousand uh, March twenty twenty two, you know. It, three year, it's three years down the road, but it seems that uh, investors are already starting to position themselves out of Ginting, Singapore. Perhaps some analysts also changing their valuations of the casino st- stock. And it's uh, also coming at a very um, odd time also because there are there was a report that, uh, that the casino industry here in Singapore, at least for, for Resorts World Sentosa and Marina Bay Sands, they are um, in line for a $9 billion expansion plan um, based on some invest- additional investments to try and boost their their presence, but now you're seeing this uh, this possible 50% increase in the entry levies. You're looking at possible changes in the tax structure that could be at their detriment, and it seems that it's just spooking investors of Ginting Singapore right now. And uh, yeah, they are in the red, down by almost eight percent so far to 98 cents a piece. Well, that's not actually great numbers, but and and I think the explanation for why it was that Marina Bay Sands and Resorts World Singapore are going to spend big sums of money 
it's on their facilities. So, you know, it's like making it more family friendly, other ways of making money other than the actual casino floor. And it's true. And it's better for them to at least try to diversify because uh, because also the trends right now, when you look at some of these other gaming uh, centers, epicenters in the world, Las Vegas, for instance, a lot of the a lot of the money and a good amount of the revenue that they're making isn't on the gambling floors anymore. Right. It's happening because of the, the entertainment. The, the entertainment, they're becoming they're becoming places for conventions and expositions, people coming there to do their their own set, their 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 conventions and their business seminars. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the I believe the uh, one of the big uh, consumer electronics expos is actually held in Las Vegas, for instance. So they actually drive a. Lot, they've been able to hedge and diversify themselves away from depending too much on gaming. And mind you, also, uh, gaming is a very volatile industry, especially in Asia, because it's dependent basically on chi- mainland Chinese uh, ga- gamers and gamblers who come and flock to your uh, to your uh, uh, to your cities and your yeah. casinos. Now the thing is, in China, regulatory wise, they could easily tighten things. At the drop of a hat, and mm-hmm. we've seen that happen over the uh, at least twice this decade. Yeah. Also, where it's yeah. happened, it's really hit the the likes of Macau. It's also hit the casinos here in in Singapore. So you know, it it's 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 very prudent for casino operators to try and hedge their bets and make sure that they can at least uh, buffer themselves from any potential downturns. And again, this is just another one of those potential downturns, this entry levy that they are going to impose, which could be, uh, which could pose some headwinds and challenges to their bottom line. Right. Okay. Well, you know, we've been talking about companies going shopping, so we might as well talk about China Everbright going shopping. And, and this is interesting too because at the end of the trading session yesterday, the third most uh, heavily traded stock was Yingli International. Mm-hmm. They were actually more heavily traded than UOB. And you do, it's not often you see a property developer, especially one that's not as well known or not as a uh, uh, so that's not as well known, uh, really coming to the top three right. in terms of value turnover. But it seems that there was a lot of interest. And now we have that explanation. It seems that China Everbright, um, one of their units called State Alpha, is going to make an unconditional cash offer for about 30% of Yingli International shares. And they're pricing the offer at about 14 cents a piece and uh, buying about 767 million shares. Now, they did say that <clears throat> the offerer, China Everbright's uh, unit state alpha, is going to keep Yingli listed. So they have no intentions of taking them off of the SGX. Mm-hmm. They're going to stay, keep them public. seems that there's benefit to keep uh, these, these shares uh, traded publicly. But it does also uh, show, show that, they're, that uh, you know, all it takes is somebody to be interested and somebody to make an offer in a stock to really pop the, uh, the interest and the trading activity behind it. Yingli is a real estate developer that's actually based in Chongqing, China, but they've chosen the list here. And and uh, it's going to be one of those uh, stocks that's going to be very interesting to watch. And of course, the big question now is going to be: Well, is the is the offer price um, fairly valued? Is it overpriced? Is it underpriced? But these are all these are all questions that we'll, we'll leave for the analysts to ask you to answer. All right. So you think the rest of the day is going to be a little bit up and down again? I think today is going to be a moment, a, a day of uh, soul searching, and a little bit more challenging. This could be the day where we see uh, the uh, three day winning streak actually snap. But I don't think it's going to go down by much. And I. You know, again, going, go, you know, just uh, getting, venturing out of my comfort zone. And if I may, <laughs> if if you're really twisting my arm to make to, to take a look at how the SGX will close, there there is a fairly decent chance we're going to maintain this breach of 3,300 at least for this week. Well, we'll come back tomorrow and see if you were right or wrong on that one, JP. <laughs> oh or, boy, I'm on the hot seat now. You are definitely in the hot seat, <laughs> but you will probably be able to enlighten our listeners on prime time when you come back on after 4 p.m. You have been on Money FM 89.3 with JP Ong and Clara Smonter. This has been Bucket's View.
To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.